E tu dove vai a ballare? Vieni a ballare in Puglia, Puglia, Puglia Tremulo come una foglia, foglia, foglia Tieni la testa alta quando passi vicino alla gru Perché può capitare che si stacchi e venga giù Welcome to the Syria V podcast. We've got some calcio to chat about today. It was match week three over in Italy. Uh, I want to talk about a good amount in, in Syria. Ah, we saw some interesting matches, uh, some interesting results. We've got a Serie B rap from Mike. I'm excited to hear it. So, boys, uh, wh- wh- what do we think? Scott? How are you doing? How are you feeling hey. after match week three? Oh, feeling good. You know, I didn't get to watch as much as I wanted to because I worked a lot this weekend, but uh, caught some of the highlights and watched a couple matches. So, you yeah. know, that's enough working. That's enough working out of you. Well, I started a new job, so I had to do some things. New job? Yeah. Well, tell us about it. You know, well, you know I'm, just, I'm still a pharmacist, just a new company. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, folks. Folks got to get their drugs. Sling, slinging pills by day and podcasting by night. Amen. Amen. Mike, how you been doing over there? Oh, you know, holding up. Uh, so as far as week three goes, things are starting to get juicy, especially in Syria. We've, uh, especially off the field, we saw a little uh, spat with uh, Spalletti and Fiorentina fans. We saw Pogba get kind of jacked up by a gang. So we're pretty much in a peak Serie A Italian calcio form right now. Yes, we are. The Pogba news is uh, pretty pretty wild. I saw Spalletti get, get into it, got hit with a few bottles, but he uh, he wasn't backing down. That was, uh, that, that, was, that was fun. He dodged a punch. The fan actually swung at him a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that. That's, that's, that was wild. What 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 about uh, Serie B, Mike? Did you uh, did you tune in? I, I didn't get to watch as much Serie B as I like this time around. I, I caught a little Como Brescia that was just on earlier today, but uh, I uh, I missed the first couple of days of matches. Oh, you know me, Serie B is my middle name, and I actually prepared another little uh, whip around roundup for you boys. So I'm gonna, oh my goodness! I'm gonna hit Here that go. button right now. Buckle in. Give it to us. Siri B stands for Siri Beautiful. Cittadella's early firepower dried up in the pouring rain for the first half. However, a goal each in the second sees the neighboring northern towns leave with a point each. Inglese scores with his butt in the 29th to see Il Croce rise the 7th in the table after a match Crescenza will regret dropping to fellow playoff contenders. Benevento and their Tiger Stripe kits roar to an early lead, but a looping run from Garitano puts the lines equal. In the second half, the King Kitty Cat Forte gets his brace for the three points. A delicious chip from Ecuban sees Genoa take the Salami Boys all the way up to second place, while Pisa leans up against an early relegation fight. Casaragi Razio, let me see that Suti roll. Sud means south, and for the northernmost club in Serie B, they couldn't get any lower on the table. An absolute clinic from the Toenail Assassins leaves Suti roll winless on the season. Despite wearing Christmas colors, Ternata couldn't be gifted a save versus the Canaries of Modena. After a Keystone Cops moment in front of goal and an overall defensive effort in shambles, Modena proved their Copa upset wasn't just for the birds. A pen save and a first half goal set the Southern Roosters off to a nice start versus the Mountain Boys of Perugia. Two more in the second half would see Perugia's single goal as no more than consolation, unless you count a late red for Bari as a win. Speaking of Reds, Serie B was a bloodbath. Perugia Bari, Palermo Ascoli, and Spall Colliery were all painted red and racked up a considerable body count. On the island, Ascoli marches on despite a diving header by the Rossoneri starman Brunori and a cynical red card foul by Valente. A Colliery red for a Jackie Chan kick to the face and a pen save for Spall would provide the momentum to see Spall snatch three points read themselves late in the second half. Mistake by the lake. Thierry Henry must have forgot to swap the power bill over with the first half power outage in Como. Add in another red card 
and a brush of gold to round out a bad round by the Lariani. Serie B in your face. A lot of action. Serie B was yeah. coming in hot this week. Uh, it's the week of the red card in Serie B. It seems like it. There was three matches. One of them had a red card on either side, but we got fans getting into it into it with managers in Serie A. We got players getting red cards in Serie B. Like I said, we're at peak uh, Italian culture right now. It's been, I, did, it's I been love that song. That song has been stuck in my head all week, and I asked Mike midweek, and he said it's the Cruising USA soundtrack from Nintendo sixty four. That's right, incredible. I love that game, incredible. So, so some news off the field on on Como you uh, alluded to was uh, Thierry Henry buying a stake, joining uh, Cesc Fabregas, uh, who is also playing, and with a little little ownership stake as well. That's interesting. It's a shame they couldn't uh, couldn't treat TT to uh, to a win or at least a draw. It was a very interesting game. Uh, you always remember things that aren't necessarily directly related to the game that make it memorable. The power just went out out of nowhere during that game. Um, and other than that, it was pretty pretty straightforward between the two teams. Um, Brescia is right now in the playoff spot. Como finds themselves basically one point above Pisa in the relegation zone. Uh, Como is still yet to win a game. Uh, Brescia 2-0-1 on the season so far with the mythical zero-goal differential. So I'm keeping my eye on them and the four other teams who have a zero goal differential right now, because if we can get one of those, it would just make Serie B even more magical. <laughs> a lot of magic, a lot of magic. I was I was pretty impressed by Brescia. This was this was the only match I spent uh, uh, caught caught more than highlights on, and uh, I thought I thought Brescia looked looked pretty good. They they seemed to have, they had more shots, more possession. They were on top of Como. Como is a team that you 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 think they'll they'll get back in the fight. Uh, with with Sesk now getting minutes, uh, they have with Patrick Crutone, who or excuse me, Cutrone, who uh, is still 24. I feel like that guy's been around forever. Yeah. So some stats that jumped out at me was besides the 60-40 possession in Brescia's favor, there was 24 total shots by Brescia to Como's 11. So it was very much a tale of stats where it was an onslaught by Brescia, both possession and shots. And it was only one nothing, so you could either say Como's built to absorb that pressure, or they're just the lucky team in this case. Yeah, good, uh, good, good, good game overall. I was disappointed to see uh, Palermo fall to Ascoli, uh, but that's a uh, pretty, pretty impressive performance by Gondo for the three goals. Yeah, I was, was going to say, no, no comment on that, or uh, friend of the podcast. Matteo is over in Italy right now and was following that game. Big Ascoli fan. That's right. That's right. It was a, it was a good match. It was an even match. I think uh, they're, they're they're both good teams and and they appear to both be teams that are going to be in the mix. Palermo actually doing a little bit better than than I thought they they might at the beginning of the season, but they've got reinforcements on the way. They've signed a handful of players recently. Uh, I mentioned a few uh, last week, and I think they've got one or two more since then. So I expect them to get stronger if if they can can integrate some of these new players. But they look like they're gonna they're they're up for it this year in Serie B, uh, despite the loss to Ascoli. Yeah, Ascoli's got that uh, that striker Gondo, who actually had a hat trick this game. He's an he's an incredibly clever player. Where there's two goals that he scored, where it was basically all brainiac moves, where he would faint one way and drop behind the line. Or the, one of his goals was a nice little chip. Um, so he's not one of those strikers. Well, when you look at him, you'd think like, okay, he's he's tall, he's fast, but he's got the brain power to score. And I think that's what's going to give him longevity. And if even if Askley does make it up to A, he still might get picked up by a quote-unquote bigger team because he's just he knows how to score goals. Yeah, they've they've been impressive so far. 
But uh, yeah, yeah. So interesting stuff in Serie B. Like we said, a lot of a lot of violence, a lot of reds, uh, and and some goals as well. Let's jump up to uh, Serie A, and uh, this this was an interesting week. We saw some 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 big teams come through with their promise. Some get held. We saw some fight from some of the new boys, and I think that's where I'd like to start. Uh, talking a little bit here. Let's start with Mansa Udinese and uh, Mansa, one of the, one of the new teams, the the promotion playoff winners from last year, who were kind of the 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 favorites. Uh, a lot of um, spectators and analysts kind of pegging them as as one to uh, possibly overperform. Um, the the teams Lecce and Cremonese who finished ahead of them uh, in promotion due to due to some of their signings not coming good quite so far. It was a two to one win for Udinese. Mike, I know you watched this one a little bit more closely. Uh, so what happened here? Uh, well, it was it was very much a match of of end to end. All the goals uh, that happened, there were three goals in this game. All of them happened inside the box. Uh, the possession was. Almost split. It was 55-45. So it was very much the center of the field was just a way to get to the other opponent's box. Um, I I liked watching this game. It was very entertaining. Uh, The one player that I want to shout out that I am going to watch for probably the rest of the season is the, the center back for Monza, Carlos Augusto, a Brazilian center back. He, this motherfucker likes to carry the ball up. He's a center back on the first Monza goal. He intercepted the ball where usually a center defensive mid would be and then carried the ball pretty much to the, to the Udinese touchline all the way up there, dished it off. And then instead of falling back, he just stayed up in the box like a striker. I've never seen a center back do this before. I'm going to keep my eye on him. I like him a lot. And I think he will be one of the linchpins if Monza is to stay up. He's going to be one of the reasons why. What did you think of, of some of their uh, more experienced signings? I think uh, Stefano or Sensi was in from the start. Petania was in from the start this time. Uh, did, did you notice anything promising from them, or is it still kind of taking its time for, for, for them to integrate some of these guys? Well, when, when you – have Patania in. He's he's a goon. There's no other way to put it. He he just looks like a goon. He plays like a goon. Uh, that can be effective. Um, in Serie B, for A, I think you need two striker. If they're gonna play this three five two, you need another striker up there who has a little bit more finesse. I would say to stay up. Um. I I just don't think they have the firepower up front to get it done. They have some interesting pieces all around. Um, Sensi in the middle. Uh, Augusto, who I just talked about in the back. Mateo um, Pesita came on um, as a sub this, this, this game as well. Right. And I just, I don't know. I, I, I can't, if they're going to go with Patania up front, and I know he's he's been around for a while, Napoli, Spall, but I I just, they're 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 in trouble. I think Monza's in trouble. Um, on the other side, Udinese has enough to survive. I think with Delafeu, Correa, <coughs> Beto, even uh, Udogi. I know that's not how you say his name, but I have to say Udogi, <laughs> um, who's actually linked with a move away to Spurs. He, he he sold. He sold. He's uh, okay, he was so sold and happened. and and loaned back. Yeah, so he's gonna okay. be he's gonna he's be with them gone. for the year. And he and he he and he looks good. He he looked good this match too. And the the strikers, like you mentioned. Yeah. So so I compare the two because it's a it's a thin line between a Monza and an Udinese. It's it might be only one or two or even three players that keep you up from going back down. And I know Monza's thinking about bringing in um, Empadu from Chelsea and Rovella from Juve, uh, especially the the Rovella from Juve. That's a quality player that could be coming in. I like him a lot, I yeah. Th- I think it's needed because from this game, what we've seen is they don't have it. 
right now to stay up. They still need to bring pieces in. Mike, do you think that maybe, I mean, they, they were picked by a lot of experts preseason to kind of finish mid-table and surprise people. Do you think this is just because of who their owner is and all the yes. signings they did? Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. I like. I think if they keep signing people, they're going to get some points, but these are the kind of games that makes you think they're not going to well, survive. I think, I think they've started to do what they need to do, which is I we've talked about it before. You sign veterans to stay up, and they've start, they've done some of that, but you need to – there's no half measures. you got to go all the way. you got to get more. Um, I, so I think they're on the right path. They just need to close these deals out to get themselves over the line, and then they can think about staying up. I, my earlier prediction of two of the three promoted teams are going to stay up. Right now, Monza is looking like the one that's not going to make that prediction cut. Yeah, I think they're they've looked possibly the weakest so far. But as we, we we've said, it, it's going to take time to integrate some of these players. Berlusconi, there's a lot that can be said about Berlusconi and and Adriano Galliani, but these guys have built teams before. They they've been around Milan for their their glory era. Uh, they they know how to do this. Um, it's just going to be a matter of whether or not you can can force a team together. In a, in a relatively short amount of time, but uh, they, they do have time, but it'll be interesting. Interesting to see uh, how that comes together. So let's, uh, let, let's scoot over to, uh, to another match. Uh, how about another one that had a lot of action? Uh, Salernitana Sampdoria saw Salernitana get four goals and Sampdoria left still searching for their first goal of the season. They haven't scored once yet. Scott, what did you think of this one? How did Salernitana look? You know, this is a team that that I like at, at least uh, more than the average person, uh, and I was happy to see this result from them. Yeah, so this is one of the matches I actually caught a good portion of. And to put it simple, I think Salernitana just dominated the whole game. They had all the chances um, and just put them to bed really quick. You know, I think they scored the first goal in the sixth minute. Um, for me, I think Sampdoria is in trouble. Um, I think all of their play, all of their creativity comes from Caputo. And um, he just seems tired, if you ask me. And I think they're actually going to be in trouble this year. Solar and Tana, I picked them to be one of my relegated teams, and that's only because I didn't know them. <laughs> so I think this changes my mind. You know, Granted, it's just one game, but uh, they dominated possession, uh, had supply of all the chances and I just I don't know I'm interested to watch more I'm interested to see them play uh Bologna next week or actually midweek we get some midweek games this this week fellas midweek fixtures coming up that's right that's right uh it's crazy it's like a day or two break I think there's some games tomorrow but uh yeah so looking forward to that I I I had I didn't know anything about them and uh it's good to see the match yeah I I thought this was an interesting one uh Sampdoria, like like you said, they they just can't score. I think they're they're really going to struggle. I I in this they did have some chances, um, but uh, Caputo had, had a couple couple chances. Uh, Zuricic, I think, had a couple yep. of chances. Um, it feels like he's a much... part of a, all of it, though, right? Caputo is yeah. always involved. <laughs> yeah, he's he's going to be the he's going to be the focal point. I think uh, Sabiria is a player who really any of their their creativity in in the buildup is probably going to need to come from him, um, but I don't know if he's he's going to be good enough to to take games, you know, take take the bull by the horns and take over games. Um, but you can tell he's he, he's probably a class above uh, the the rest of that midfield. But I, yeah, I don't know if there's enough there for them to uh, for them to, to to stay in uh, games in Serie A this year. Yeah, the big problem I see with Sampdoria is besides not being able to catch a break and score is they're playing a 4-1-4-1, at least in this game, and you have Gonzalo Villar as that that first, you know, kind of transition player between the two lines of four. And he's yeah. on loan from Roma. And his problem at Roma was he's not big enough. And if you're going to have that defensive mid shielding the back four player and he's a shrimp, 
Nobody's fearing him. He's not big enough to really impose his will on the game. That's why he's on loan. That's why he doesn't play at Roma. So that that move is a little. I mean, he's got some quality, but he's just just not suited for that role. Um, I, if they keep going with him in that in that, you know, I don't want to say destroyer role, but I mean that's typically what it's called. Yeah, that's uh, essentially the role. They're just not going to get it done with him. Uh, he's he's also you know not crafty enough to make up for that lack of physicality. Yeah, they're if they're if they're going to struggle this much against uh, you know a, a strike partnership of Bulaidia and and Bonazzoli, who are really actually looked excellent today. So don't I don't mean to, to take away from them. Dia had had two assists and a goal. Bonazzoli had a goal and combined well with with, with Dia uh, and and the the other attackers uh, on Salernitana. But this is not going to be a, a premier strike partnership that you're you're going to see in Serie A. So seeing the trouble that they had, like you said, Villar can't can't keep up with those guys. Um, the, the the whole defensive line, not impressive from Sampdoria. Uh, if if they're going to have that much trouble against Salernitana, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a long season for them. Um, but definitely want to give props to, to Dia for for having really, really an excellent, excellent game. Uh, man of the match performance. I also love me some Antonio Condreva. He uh, actually used to play for Sampdoria. Um, That's right. Bonazzoli as well. Yeah, he's the long-range sniper assassin. He loves those long shots. Well, yeah, so four four goals, a lot of action in that one. Uh, back to another one of the uh, recently promoted sides, One uh, the new boys, Lecce, played against Empoli, who were in, in their same seat uh, one year ago as uh, Serie A B winners. Uh, Empoli having kind of tread this path last year, did pretty well, uh, earned some plaudits for their performance. Lecce trying to do the same hasn't come good just yet, uh, but they've shown some fight. And in this match, things went better for them. They've, uh, earned their, earned their first point, uh, with a, with a one, one draw against Empoli today. And I thought this game was, was actually really, really interesting, uh, and I was especially impressed with two players on Lecce there, uh, both, both guys playing in, on, on the wings, uh, Banda on the left wing and Strafetza on the right wing. I thought both guys had, had di- di- different qualities, but, but were really, really difficult to control. I thought Empoli had their hands full with them. Banda's super quick, um, super skilled, just, just cut, cutting inside, uh, Liam Henderson, who, who's a good player, uh, combative midfielder for Empoli had his hands full with Banda Stojanovic couldn't keep up with them. Then Strafetza, um, Brazilian player, believe it or not with, with a, a very Italian name, uh, for, for Lecce on the other side, um, showing tremendous skill, um, combining really well, uh, with Banda and, and Cisse, the striker there, uh, getting, getting the goal on an assist from Banda, um, with a banger, um, to the, to the upper corner. Um, very impressed uh, with, with with Lecce overall. Empoli, for their part, um, showed showed some good fight. It was a it was a good match overall. Uh, I was wondering why they didn't start um, Nadim Barami, their number ten. Uh, it seemed like they they missed his creativity. They also had Destro um, coming on from the bench. He, he he's probably not going to be a player who's going to be able to start week in and week out. But I do think um, you know kind of the experience and the guile of those two. Uh, might have been what they were missing in this match, but uh, overall, uh, good match, and I think Lecce might be disappointed not to have gotten all three points. Lecce looked impressive, more impressive than they did the first two weeks. But like you just said, I think the big thing is these are the games at home that you need to come away with three points with those uh, mid to lower teams because when you come up against the big boys, it's not going to be easy. So to only get one point here is concerning, but it is nice. Maybe they just need to get, you know, on the table and on the scoreboard. Um, yeah. Let's get it going. You're, you're, you're right. Like they are, they are going to need to, to start collecting three points um, in, in matches like this against teams like Empoli, who are essentially are, is in the realm of the teams that they're going to be competing with to, to, to survive this year. Yeah. The standouts for me in this game were, for Lecce was the center back uh, Basquiroto. He who's actually 
from Oscoli. Um I know he kind of caused the first goal. Uh, it was a deflection off of him. Unfortunate. Yeah. Him with uh, Pongracic, the other center back, they're very much a prototypical center back duo. They're just they're big. They take up a lot of space. And I like them a lot uh, defensively. I watched this game for some reason more. Like I just watched defensive formations and, and how they set up and how they play. Uh, Lecce is very stout defensively. Um, it seems like a lot of goals that get scored on them is deflections or bad luck or just laps of, of thinking. Um, it's, I don't think it's really a lack of quality. I think once the season really starts rolling, they're going to be a hard side to break down. Um, and then for Empoli, I've always been a big fan of their keeper, uh, Vicario and, He's a type Vicario made some nice saves. Yep. Yeah, he, he's one of those keepers where he had a good game, but it was also a bad game. But that's what you get from him. For every good save you get, you get a bad mistake. Um, I think it was him. The Lecce's goal was he he gave, gave a bad pass and it was intercepted in front of his own his own net. Um, but then the rest of the game, he stood on his fucking head. The entire time, so I would like to see him kind of lock it down a little bit and eliminate those mistakes. And he's 25, but if he's not a national team tap, I could see that happening in the near future. Um, because I know if we're talking national team now, I know Siri Gu was always the backup um, for Donnarumma, <laughs> but I don't know how old he is, but I think, you know, maybe it's time for some new blood in the keeper. Sirigu is well past it at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's time. It's time. So I I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing a Vicario on that short list to go in there because he has it in him to make crazy saves. And we've saw that this game. Yeah. He, he did, he did make some good saves and I, I, he, he made one especially good one on Banda who, who combined with Gonzalez. Uh, midfielder for for Lecce, interesting play. He's actually a, a Bar- Barca youth youth academy player, but um, that that left side for Lecce was where a lot of the attacks were coming from. Gallo overlapping um, and combining really well with Gonzalez and Banda, and uh, and one especially bright moment from Vicario uh, when Banda cut inside and and put a shot that looked like it was going to be going to be a sure goal. So an interesting interesting contest for for sure. I think these teams are. Both showing promise, uh, but, you know, remains to be seen if, uh, you know, j- just how much quality is there uh, for, for the long haul this season. Well, let's uh, let's let's move right along the uh, the match list here. Let's go to one of the other new boys. So we we've hit Monza. We, we've hit uh, Lecce now. And let's talk about Cremonese Torino. That game was two to one. Torino uh, over Cremonese, but I think Cremonese again, kind of similar to what we said about Lecce, have put up a pretty good fight in their in their matches so far, um, but just haven't been able to get uh, get, get it over the line. Uh, what did you guys think of this one? Yeah, I think uh, Cremonese they show flashes of quality. They have it in them to stay up. Um, they're just a a victim of of bad luck in a way. Um, I need them to do well to make my prediction of two teams staying up. Uh, so I root for them every week. Uh, Torino won by a goal, and that's how it's been going for Cremonese lately is they don't get blown out. They just lose by a goal. Uh, in this game, they put one in towards the end, so it was 2 nothing for a while. Uh, but Torino's been in the league for a long time. They're part of the furniture. Uh, they might not be you know, one of the, the big teams winning big every week, but they're not easy to beat. Um, it, I think if you play this game second half of the season, Cremonese comes away with three points. 
Yeah, Torino has made you know in in most of of the recent years uh, a habit of being being difficult to beat, and uh, yeah, they're 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 not going to be easy. Cremonese, I, I think overall was was pr- pretty impressive to me. Um, Radu, I, I think made made some good stops for them, so so good for him. I he's still kind of like a puppy dog to me, so whenever he does well, I I want to pat him on the head. Uh, but you know, overall, I think they're uh, unlucky to not have any points yet uh, for 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 Cremonese, who are, are are putting up some some fight. It's just whether or not that that top end quality is going to be there. It's more it's more than fight. They had more possession than Torino. They had more shots, total shots and shots on target than Torino. It's just it it's uh, I, I can't pinpoint what it is, but it's not a lack of quality at all. They they pretty much won the stats battle, and we we all know that doesn't mean shit. But it, they're not, you know, some scrub team that just happened to get into Syria. They Mike, I, Mike, I want to know why you think that if it was later in the season, it'd be a different result. Is that because you think Torino kind of puts up a fight against some of the bigger boys like Juve, you know, their crosstown rivals, whereas Cremonese would kind of pack it in for those sort of games. I think it's because they've shown that they they can do the right things to to get a win in Serie A. They just haven't played in Serie A. So it's a little different. And the longer that they kind of marinate in this upper tier, they'll start to pick out the things that they need to do differently to get the win. And I, I just think all the ingredients are there. You just need to cook it at the right temperature. Yeah, I, I mean, I I didn't catch this game. I watched the extended highlights, and the main takeaway I took was that Torino had more of the better chances, even though the possession and stat line looked like Cremonese was the dominant side. But I felt like they had a nice goal in the 80th minute, but it seemed like Torino got up two nil and just kind of sat back while Cremonese possessed the ball and looked for chances. Yeah, and that's maybe that's symptom. experience that's, talking. Yeah, that's the that's a symptom of being Syria furniture for you know a yeah. decade. Um, they know what needs to be done to to do that, and then just kind of box these new boys out. Um, on if all things being equal, I think that Cremonese could easily win this game, just based on the players and the talent that each side has. Well, there will be a return fixture, so. Circle it. Circle it. Circle Cremonese Torino on your calendars, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Schedule your fucking day around it. You'll never, you'll never sing that. Uh, I thought uh, Radonjic's goal was was really impressive for Torino. He he was good all match. Um, showed showed a lot of skill, a lot of guile. He was difficult for for Cremonese to to keep up with. Um, and also, I'm I'm watching uh, uh, Samuele Ricci uh, for Torino, young uh, guy with, with with potential for um, you know to to break through with that Italian national team. He's he's played through the youth setup. He actually does have one Italian national cap, um, but he's been uh, he's got tons of matches with with, with the youth setup uh, coming over from from Empoli, where he was uh, really impressive for them last year. So he's someone I got my eyes on. He had a, he had a pretty good match as well. Um, but I think there's more to, more to come from them if if Torino surprises or punches above their weight i think he, he's a guy who's who's gonna have to do it for them so let's uh move move over to another match how about we talk a little sassuolo spezia this one ended two to two uh we we've talked a lot about sassuolo for kind of some of their 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 outgoing uh players they they've lost a few there's a few who are still there who there are still uh, a few rumors about with with a few days left in in, in this transfer window, um, but the man of the match for me was, and I'm going to brush up on my Greek a little bit here, and please help if you can. Kyriakopoulos, um, who, who's been there for a couple years, uh, play, playing left wing for them this year, kind of in in a spot that would have probably been occupied by um, Raspadori. Uh, in years past, he's played. He can play pretty much anywhere on the left flank. But I thought he was excellent uh, in, in in this match, swinging in crosses, 
he was he was really dangerous throughout. Uh, and that's a, a, a really big gain for them, because I, I don't think, you know, at least from my perspective, he's not someone who I, I was thinking of as someone who was going to come in and kind of fill the holes in their attacking line, particularly because he's played you know, kind of on the left side of midfield and, and left back for them in the past. But I was really impressed with him. Uh, I think overall, Spezia put up a pretty good fight. Uh, Mike, I know you mentioned Dragowski being being a player, a super important player for them if they are going to survive for another year. He led in a howler. He also made uh, an amazing save uh, at uh, a later point in the match on Defrel, who looked like he was was sure to, to, to knock a header past him. Um, but yeah, he had a horror show and, and, and let Pinamonti just walk in behind him um, for, for a goal. All in all, Sassuolo were, 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 were clearly dominant, um, but Spezia did enough uh, to come away with, uh, with a point in this one. Drugowski's a feast or famine keeper. He's he's kind of like what I talked about with Vicario, where he'll make some highlight real saves, but then he'll fuck up in a big way once in a while. Um, as far as Sassuolo goes, I don't know what they're going to do when Berardi and Fratesi leave. Um, I don't know what happens to them after that. They The, the new boy that you talked about... Um, he did very well, but that's one player. Um, I'm just not convinced that they'll be able to hold on once their two other gems kind of slip away. Yeah, they were really good in this match. I mean, I I think two two is is pretty pretty cruel for for, for them in this one. Um, for Tezzi, I guess is going to to stay for this year. He doesn't look happy to be there. He just kind of has kind of a mean scowl on his face at, at all times. So maybe he's just who he's always been. Uh, scored a goal in this one uh, on, on the assist from Kyriakopoulos. Um, that, that, that was nice. Uh, I, I think they were pretty unlucky here. I, I, I don't draw a, a, a real negative conclusion from them um, from this match, uh, except that this is just uh, this is just how it goes in Syria. Uh, points are hard to come by. I will say too for for Spezia uh, Bastoni Simone Bastoni, uh, I believe no relation to um, Inter's Bastoni uh, had a had a really nice goal curler into the top corner uh, for them. There there are other goal coming on a penalty from Inzola uh, penalty given I, I I think a bit cruelly. I don't know if you see I saw that it was a it was an elbow uh, on on a cross into the box. Didn't seem terribly unnatural uh, where the defender um, had 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 the elbow position, but it was an elbow to the head, and 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 I guess you give those. And and, and Zola finished calmly. He's a player who I I, I thought has looked pretty good from them um, so far this year for 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 Spezia, uh, and I think his, his goals will be um, pr- pretty important. He it looks to be um, you know the, the the spot where where their goals are going to come from is uh, number eighteen in Zola for them. We'll move along down the line here. Let's go to uh, some some of the bigger clashes now, or at least top of the table clashes. Uh, bigger, if that is your thing. Lazio beating Inter three to one. This one came a little bit. I, I don't know about out of nowhere because Lazio was a good team, and I I, I have mentioned that they're a, a Jekyll and Hyde sort of team. You know they have quality. You don't get it every single week, uh, but certainly we got it here with a couple of uh, really nice goals, including uh, an absolute belter from Luis Alberto. Scott, did you pick this one? Did you have Lazio winning? Uh, no, not uh, not at all. I thought Inter would come out with the uh, three points in this one, but that's completely off. I only saw the goals in this one, but uh, props to Lazio. You know, I... I, I really didn't think that they would, like I said, even come away with a point in this, but they just came to play. Yeah, they came to play. And, and uh, Malinkovic Savage is always uh, sh- showing his class all over the field. Felipe Anderson is a player who, who I, I think really embodies Lazio's kind of kind of feast or famine um, you, you play where, where you get the, the highest highs and you get these some, sometimes these dull clunkers. Um, he was brilliant. 
in, in this match, and they and they were really too much for for Inter to handle. I refuse to say anything nice about Lazio. <laughs> say something nice about Inter then, or 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 mean about Inter. Um, their new logo fucking sucks. Go back to the old. <laughs> Everyone's moder- modernizing, right? Everyone's well, simple. Yeah, what is with this? Yeah, come on. Same with Fiorentina. Change it back. I didn't like Fiorentina's before, so I, I don't really care about that one. But but I agree. Inter's, Inter's is, uh, it was not a good change. All right. How about another big boy clash? Juventus-Roma. That one ended 1-1. One one. Uh, early goal. Super impressive uh, free kick from from Dusan Vlaovic for Juventus, uh, and uh, 69th minute equalizer from Tammy Abraham. Mike, was this uh, a good result for Roma? The Roma report. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Yeah, they stole a point basically. Um, the first half was all Juve, um, going down within two minutes is always an immediate uphill battle, needless to say. Um, Roma didn't really have any attack with any type of teeth or purpose to it in that first half either. Um, it was very much a game where I was watching, where I was expecting that to be the score, a one, nothing Juve, you know, typical result um it's at the point now where it's three games in it's a little concerning that we can only score once every time um looking at the lineup and who we got i know zaniel's out for a couple weeks but you look at the front three of pellegrini abraham and dabala you would think that there's goals there um and even spinazzola on the left wing there's just not it, I mean a point a point a point to point. I'm not ungrateful. I'll take a point against any of the big teams over not getting a point. I know it's a season, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So I'm not gonna say, you know, it's gonna be a failure of a season. But it's a little concerning right now that we can't get more than a goal per game. Well, you are in the pile of teams with with seven points uh six teams tied top of the table with seven points uh it's 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 looking tight so far um no one has really distinguished themselves or you know stood out every single match so far so roma roma firmly in the mix um juventus uh yet yet to lose but with uh with five points so far through through three matches Moving over to, to another one of the contenders, a Milan uh, to Bologna nil. Uh, this match saw Rafael Leao really the standout. He is uh, he's still dynamite. His first goal was kind of blah though. It wasn't anything special. It just uh, rolled over. Uh, I forget whose foot it was, but it wasn't anything special. The Giroud goal was a little bit that was special. special. And Giroud set up by Leo. Yeah, Giroud is one of those players where if you only watch his highlights, you'd think he was the greatest player of all time. Oh, what a highlight reel. Oh my goodness. Yeah, he's got he's got just great, great control of his body, like in, in, in small spaces. He's not gonna run all around the pitch, but but boy, can he get his foot on the ball uh, from from any angle. It's it's pretty impressive. Uh but yeah, that, that front line was pretty good. Um you had Charles de Catalere in from the start this time. They're they're big signing. And, uh, and, and he looked pretty good combining well uh, with Leao and Giroud. Their midfield was strong. Benacer and Tonali looking better this, this match. Um, de- defense strong. Bologna didn't have, uh, didn't really have anything for them. Um, it could have been, uh, could, could have been worse uh, for, for Bologna in this one. They're, they're kind of struggling to distinguish themselves so far. I think there's talent there. I think they have a good coach, but um, I, I think we're going to need to start seeing more from them or else. I uh, I might start to worry for them a little bit. Bologna is one to two players away from eighth or ninth place. Um, 
I can't with with the structure they have right now and the baseline of players they have right now. They would have to make major moves to get a, above this purgatory that they're in, where it's very much easier for them to drop down than it is to move up. If that makes any sense. Yeah, and when you're relying on uh, an Arnautovic, you know, to be your your talisman. You're relying on a, a fella who has been unhappy at times in his career, to to, to put it lightly. He's kind of he had his head turned from from Manchester United, uh, of all teams. He might have his 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 thoughts, you know, set on 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 a potential move. I'm not sure. I haven't talked to him, believe it or not. Um, so it remains to be seen. They haven't looked great, um, and, and certainly didn't didn't really have anything for Milan. That's not the biggest insult in the world. Mil- Milan was 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 really good. Uh, they're, they're, they're going to be in the mix of, of, of course, uh, we know that. So tough one for Bologna. We'll, we'll see if they can improve on that next week. That being Let's said, move over. Though, oh, that go ahead. Being said though, they're still going to end up in 10th, 11th place. <laughs> <laughs> they will. They will. Yeah. So Verona Atalanta, another one. We saw Atalanta win this one, one nil. A great goal by Coop Miners, who was was a player who I, I think I, I think I questioned uh, last week if he could be uh, a, a full timer for them. Um, he showed he was up for it this week. Uh, he he had a really good match. It was an interesting match. Uh, they started with uh, a little bit of a different looking lineup. Lookman in from the start, um, Zapata up top, Malinovsky in from the start after scoring last week. Uh, but they really, in this in the second half, um, Gasparini basically just swapped out that entire front line, um, put Muriel in, Ederson, um, the player they bought from Salernitana, uh, and they definitely looked different uh, in in that second half, and and were able to to really show their quality. It was. Um, it looked like a game that could be on the edge early on, uh, but I think Atalanta imposed themselves and and, and showed that they were uh, the better team. The end of this game had a lot of uh, attempts on that. Uh, I think it's just both teams saying, oh, shit. Um, you know, more so Verona saying, oh, shit, we got to fucking put a goal in. Um, overall, I, you know, it wasn't anything special as far as, matches go there's you know pretty much every other match but this one was more interesting to me um it's just verona's kind of lost that edge uh you could say it's because simeone left um i just they're they're not to me at least they're not exciting anymore same with Atalanta. Atalanta's kind of lost a little bit too they this is the this was a derby of uh we don't care anymore Atalanta is is plugging away. I, I mean, I think I think they're doing well. I, I do think Gasparini has them maybe picking their spots a little bit more this year. I mean, maybe you'd say that's a kind way of saying it. Uh, if if you weren't particularly impressed with them this week, um, but they do seem to to maybe be conserving, uh, which 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 you can't blame them for after the injury troubles they they went through last year. Uh, and, and for Verona's part, they they do look lost. They they they've lost some of their personality. New manager. Um, they kind of were something of a uh, Atalanta light uh, in in the last couple of years, kind of be playing with high pressure, one on one matchups, uh, and they're they're trying to do something different this year. I can't quite put my finger on what they're trying. Um, it's not it's not coming off. Uh, not not so far uh, this 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 year. They 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 might be in trouble. I I thought they'd find a way. They still might, um, but but so far I haven't seen much from them. I caught the middle of this game. I saw the Atalanta goal, and after to me, I think you guys are right. It was kind of a boring match, but to me, after the goal, things kind of just slowed down. It was just like boring. Um, but Mike, I don't know how you can say that when Atalanta is tied with points on top of the table. They've you know done what they're supposed to. You know they went up against yeah, that the big boy did all right. To watch. I mean, they, they yeah, used to but be, they, they used to be that team where you go, oh, you, if you somebody's never seen Serie A before, you go watch Atalanta. And you oh, okay, it's about. So. And now I just don't see. It's just the the romance is starting to end for me with them. I think well, they might the, have enough. That? They might have enough to to. You know, I think they're going to be you know top eight. I don't think they're a shit team. It, it's just as far as like just 
trying to look at it from a neutral fan perspective, which I'm not, but trying to, they just don't have it for me. So who's that new team you tell everyone to watch? Napoli? Uh, yeah. Actually, that's probably the one, yeah. I would say yes. Good, that's, that's what they call transition, boys. What about the Fiorentina game? Yeah, well, I mean that that that's one of that's a perfect example actually because it was zero zero, but that was one of my favorite games to watch. It was like oh, there's so many game. chances. Yeah. yeah, it was like a hockey game. They were up and down the field, and if you know the if you don't know any of the players, it was still great to watch. But knowing the players and knowing who Aussie Men is and what his quality is, just the fact that Fiorentina handled him so well and pretty much squashed anything that he had uh, was an amazing defensive. Uh, coordination by Fiorentina. Um, and then also, if you look at the rumors uh, for Ronaldo coming to Napoli, it's also a team, as an, if, if you're a neutral, you would want to keep your eye on, which I hope to God that doesn't happen because it'll ruin them and pretty much any chance they have at a Scudetto. The thought of playing Ronaldo over Osman right now it's uncon- is, inconceivable. is insane. It is borderline insanity. It is literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard. They and they also just bought Simeone as cover for for Osman, another player who's who was I think third in goal scoring last year in Serie A. He was top five. Uh, it, it it is really crazy, and I hope it's just crazy talk. I, I really do. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned, Napoli couldn't couldn't punch punch through. Osman probably had his worst game. The whole front line did. Um, the the Cavaradana hype train slowed down a little bit by a really impressive and really stout Fiorentina backline. Uh, good good performances kind of across the board on that defense. Amrabat was really good in the center midfield. Um, he, he's getting back in the starting lineup as a combative. Uh, center center midfielder uh, against a team like Napoli was a was, was a smart move. Um, they they're still not getting a ton uh, out of Jovic uh, for for their part on their offense either. Uh, but things are looking good for Fiorentina. I think they're they're going to play the spoiler role this year. They're they're going to play this team that's just going to be hard to break down. Um, go at their own pace. Uh, like you said, there were there were chances in this one. Uh, but but overall, for Fiorentina to to hold Napoli um, is, is is pretty impressive. Well, boys, I think we got through all the matches. Did I miss anything? What are your big takeaways from 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 the week, Scott? If you had to, you know, say one one lesson learned from uh, th- this week, or even through three weeks, what do you say I, you know, is, is I, intriguing to you about the league? Yeah. I've been trying to focus on the smaller, lower teams, and I think uh, you know, going into this weekend, those three promoted teams didn't have any points, and Lecce finally got one. But interested to see if they can um, settle down and climb up the table a bit um, and ruin Mike's prediction. And Napoli, I kind of wish Napoli had put some. You know, I'm starting to believe. Kind of wish I'd put some money on them. They're cert- They they certainly could do it. Uh, they're, they're, they're in the mix. Still impressive. Even, even after that, that nil, nil, uh, definitely an impressive team. Like what, what, what do you think lesson from, from this week or, or through three weeks so far? Any major takeaways? I think, um, all the drama that's been happening off the field is just a drop in the bucket. I think we're going to have, it just feels to me this season that we're going to have a lot of shenanigans. Give, give us a, give us a little recap of the drama. Give us a little recap. We did. We didn't talk too much about that. Well, it was so Spalletti at Fiorentina, the Fiorentina right. fans were basically insulting his 90 year old mother for 90 minutes. It was probably an insult every minute. Um, and then at the end of the game, he just lost his shit and went over to the fan. So the Fiorentina fans started throwing bottles at him. He, he got right in the face of the Fiorentina fan, who I guess was saying the more insulting things. The dude swung at him. He cut, and he in his defense, he was very smooth. He he just kind of slicked out of it. And then you know, uh, I think it was Aussieman actually came like backed him up a little bit. Was getting into the fans. Um, so it was just it was it very it was a throwback to Berardi versus uh, Modena in the in the Coppa Italia. It was very much that type of moment. And then with Pogba, I guess uh, his brother is involved with a gang, and they 
tried to jack him up outside the training ground. And there's less details on that one, but apparently the Pogba brothers don't get along. Apparently, yeah, to say the least. To say <laughs> they the shook them down for like 300,000 euros or something. Like, why do you even have that on you? But they took it off of them. Um, I think they tried to take a watch too. Yeah, and uh, I think his Pogba bro has has made some very vague claims about uh, dropping some bombshells about uh, brother Paul. So we'll we'll be on the lookout for that. Uh, my uh, my my takeaway so far is Salernitana to finish in the top half. Calling it, boom, they're going to finish in tenth. That's bold. I I like my, them, man. After point. watching them this I'm ready, weekend. I'm ready for it. Yep. I, I want to see them. They play uh, Bologna midweek, and I really want to watch that match and see how that goes. That will be interesting. Bologna, a team who's below expectations so far. Salernitan is probably above expectations so far. So, yeah, that, that will be an interesting one to watch. And uh, let, let's let's just finish up just just real quick. We'll, we'll wrap soon. But uh, take a look at some of these, these Italian teams in the Champions League draw. Uh, Napoli is in Group A with Ajax, Liverpool, uh, and Rangers. That's that's no, the groan me. of a that's a Liverpool fan groan there. Because I Why, did not want, want Napoli. You, you want you want to root for Napoli? No, I just think they're a tough team. They're tough out. It's going to be tough to go to Naples. And I don't know. It's it's kind of a traditional group. You know, Rangers ain't that great, and Ajax lost their coach, but there's easier groups out there, and I I don't think Napoli is going to be a pushover. I think Napoli might win the group, to be honest. The way Liverpool's playing. Yeah, I like I like I like their odds in that group. Uh, they they should certainly they they should advance. They they would be um they'd be very disappointed to to not get through that one. So. A decent draw for for Napoli with uh, Ajax maybe not as strong as they've been in years past. And Rangers um, probably happy to be there. Uh, Inter in Group C with Bayern, Barcelona, and Victoria Pilsen, who we can ignore. But uh, unkind draw for for Inter there. Uh, What do you think about that one, Mike? Third. Third place? Yeah. Yeah. I I can't see it. I I I don't think they have the squad depth to, to really compete on all fronts. I, I think they'll um, probably prioritize Syria after coming close last year. So um, I don't, I don't love their chances there. Uh, AC Milan in group E drawn with Chelsea Salzburg and Dinamo Zagreb. Uh, I think it's, it's pretty obvious to see that they should be favorites in, in, in that one or, or Certainly, co-favorites with Chelsea. Certainly, certainly, um, favorite favorite to get out of that group. And Juventus in Group H with PSG, Benfica, and Maccabi Haifa. Uh, Benfica potentially tricky. Um, obviously, PSG uh, a lock to at, at least get through to the to, to the knockout round. Um, so Juventus looking pretty good there. Um, but but Benfica, another one of those teams who who just has has enough experience to maybe be tricky. Look at that. Juve with an easy draw. Who would have fucking thought? (laughs) So next week, the the games that I have circled uh, on my end are Napoli-Lecce. I think that's going to be a good game. Um, In Serie B, Ascoli-Cittadella, that's going to be a shootout. Bankit is going to be over uh, four goals. Nice. Yep. Good one. Um, And then I'm also looking on the other end of the table. I'm looking for uh, Sudi Troll and Pisa to see which one can finally get their shit together and kind of move up the table and get their season started. Nice. Good ones to watch. Scott, what are you watching next week? Uh, I think I already mentioned the Sarle Antana and uh, I got to get these pronunciations down and Bologna. Um, I don't have the fixtures in front of me, but. I want to say, one. is Atalanta playing someone decent this week? Well, let's take a look here. Atalanta is playing Torino, and that is an interesting. Yes, that's one, the other. Actually. That's the one I want to. See, another one I want to see. Yeah. To both both teams yet to uh, yet yet to lose. Um, so that will be an interesting one to watch. You're you're right. Uh, I've got. Uh, I think those are some good choices, boys. I'd like to see Udinese Fiorentina. That's one that I'm going to look out for. 
uh, you know, these, these midweek matches are, are a little bit tricky, but, uh, I'll, I'll check my work calendar. I should be clear on my lunch break to, to catch a little bit of that one. Um, so that's one I like in, uh, in Syria, uh, in Syria B, I mean, come on, Palermo, Genoa, if Palermo are, are, are going to have a, a better test than this so far, I, I, I don't know what it could be. Um, if they can stand up against Genoa, um, that will be, uh, that'll be a really good sign for the rest of the season. They don't have to win it, but I think if they can show up um, like they did against Oscar, even though they, they, they didn't win it, you know, they kind of showed that they can fight with some of these big teams. I'm hoping they can do it again. So that's one I'm watching. In, the Salami uh, in, Boys. The Salami Boys. Be the Salami hot. Boys. That's right. They're looking favorites to go back up. That's right. That's right. And uh, and I kind of want to see uh, a little prosciutto di Parma against Ternana, too. I want to see Parma step up. Hey. Those two players <laughs> making me hungry. Another tasty one. Another tasty one. I, th- I think Parma has underperformed a little bit this year, so I'm curious to see if they can 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 turn it around, too. So I'm watching that. Well, all right, boys. It's been fun. We've got some work to do this week with with midweek matches and – and uh, again, matches uh, next weekend. So I'll let you guys get some rest. And, uh, you know, thanks for joining us here on the Valiant 33 Network for another edition of the Syria B podcast. Ciao, fellas. Ciao for now. Ciao. Bye.